God uses just about anybody. We've seen that theme over these last couple of weeks as we've looked at the, the casting calls of the, of the nativity story. People who you would think would be far too old for the role they were cast for. People having children uh, at while being well too long in years to have that miracle take place. Folks who were promised completed bucket lists in Simeon. The guy who said you will not, the guy you heard, you will not pass away until you have held the salvation of the world in your hands. The guy who probably thought, all right, let's just hang on tight because we're going to be around a while. And next week, <laughs> so we the fourth week of Advent, we get to look at a high school freshman and a broke carpenter. And the way God cast that scene. And you start to wonder, what would Mary's dad have thought when Joseph asked for her hand? That'd be an interesting angle to take. See if that, if that plays out. But today we get to see, within the same scene, polar opposites of the nativity casting call. We have... A little bit of wonder, a little bit of fear, a little bit of mystery. Everything a good scene needs. And we see it in a scene that you have probably been waiting for me to finally read because I've been dancing around it for a couple weeks. Probably know well. I think Sarah has this one even memorized in her classes. It comes from Luke 2, finally, verses 8 through 20. In that region, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be the sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with them a great, uh, with the angel, a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace among those whom he favors. When the angels left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste, and they found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. This is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, again, of all the stories that we have covered and will cover, and even those that are not going to be covered in this Advent season, this is probably the one you would recognize the most. Because probably 300 times between Thanksgiving and Christmas, Linus is sitting there, is standing there on stage reciting it. 
Luke 8 to Luke 2, 8 through 20. Sarah's correcting me from downstairs. I can hear it now. Yet it has a character, maybe even two, I guess you could think of it, that we don't know a whole lot about. Because our tradition, at least, doesn't cover, doesn't put a lot of emphasis on angels. So they can be maybe even a bit ethereal to us about, well, how do we understand them and what do they do and everything like that. So I want to kind of offer, you know, sticking to the basics here, a high-level study, if you will, on what's an angel to do. What's an angel's role in ministry, in the, the celestial bringing of good, good news of great joy? Well, across Scripture, we see really three broad stroke times that God says, all right, angels, you're on. First off, they get the chance to worship God. We see it in, in this very story, in verses 13 and 14. Suddenly there was with the angel who made the announcement a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace among those whom he favors. These are beings powerful enough. When Elisha was surrounded by enemies at, as far as you could see and in every direction that you could see in 2 Kings 6, they gave him peace. When he had said to his, to his understudy, Lord, show them the reason that I can be at peace. And his, his servant's eyes are open and he sees all around him multitudes of angels guarding him and protecting him. They have that kind of power and their first job is worshiping God. You see, the well-known example out of one of Isaiah's other passages, Isaiah 6 and the one and one called to another angels and said holy 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 is the lord of hosts the whole earth is full of his glory i'm guessing the um, i believe it's in revelation 7 where we see really the ultimate worship service going on in heaven that the angels are the ones leading the choir but also they're the ones who get called on to execute the will of god Here's where that power starts to show up. You see them being the ones, uh, angels being called on to guard the Garden of Eden in Genesis 3. He, the Lord, drove out the man. And at the east of the Garden of Eden, he placed the cherubim, a class of angels, and a sword flaming and turning to guard the way to the tree of life. We see in the book of Revelation all the, the, all the fear-inducing scenes. Of judgment, God says, all right, angels, you're on. But the point of me saying this is that they, are ex- they execute God's will. They're not doing things on their own, of their own volition or plans. In today's story, we get to see them in a, in a way that they are often employed by God. To be the messengers or the ministers to the heirs of salvation, to God's children. In fact, that the word that we use for, um, for angel, we translate it as angel, it means messenger. One who, who has a message and, and is 
bringing it on. And we see it in today's story in verse 10. But the angel said to them, to the shepherds, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. They're the ones who are bringing God's messages to these various characters that we're looking at over the season. Keeping people in the loop, if you will. Because let's face it, if you're Zechariah and all of a sudden you're getting on in years wife is pregnant, or you're a high school freshman girl who's a virgin and all of a sudden you're pregnant, or you're her betrothed husband and you hear that your betrothed is pregnant and yet you are both versions, it's going to freak you out a little bit if you don't know what's going on. I know I'd certainly be freaked out. If... And the angels offer at least that kind of celestial memo. Hey, guys. Hey, Simeon. Hey, Zechariah. Hey, Elizabeth. Hey, Mary. Here's what's going on. Here's what's going to happen. But by polar opposites, we have the angels. And all the imagery maybe that we have of them. And we have the shepherds. Again, maybe a class group of people that we might not know too much about. Maybe here in the more of the country we know maybe a little bit more about them than our friends back in Chicago at least. But we go from the, these right-hand creations, like God's right-hand beings, to people who can't even enter the temple to worship. No greater opposites. That's why I call this message polar people. Polar opposites of, of who God is calling into the cast of the story. And despite the traits that they have uh, to, to be shepherds, I mean, you hear David when he goes before Saul and a shepherd boy, as he's trying to get employed to, uh, to take on Goliath, you know, I've taken on lions, I've taken on bears. I've killed them with my slingshot. I've killed, you know, stood in the gap for the sheep to protect them. I mean, they're caring. Think about it. They're caring for sheep of all creatures. I mean, isn't that, isn't that brutal enough? It's not like they're training German shepherds or Australian shepherds or, or you know, guard dogs or, or service dogs. They're caring for sheep. I mean, come on, God. If they were to go into court as a witness, they, their words are inadmissible. You're shepherds. You don't, your words don't count. Your, your testimony doesn't count for anything. They're, they're working in a, a culture where the society was actually instructed, if you see a shepherd fall into a hole and they're hurt and they're down and out, just walk on by. Don't you, you have no obligation to help them out. I mean, that's the world these people are existing in. These guys are not even a, a blip on Jerusalem's radar. Jerusalem just being five miles down the road from where this is all happening. And yet, we read in uh, Luke 2, 9, an angel of the Lord stood before the shepherds. And the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. 
It's a fact here that levels the playing field across all the characters, whether, whether God has called them or not. You come into the presence of the glory of the Lord, and all pretense is shot. Think you're morally good characters? Oh, come before the glory of the Lord. That thought will get humbled right out of you. Think your faithfulness is next level? Oh, come before the glory of the Lord. That will clear that thought right up. I mean, imagine if you're at a party. Okay? We can talk about parties here at church. And for whatever reason, you want to impress somebody that's there. So you walk in to the conversation, I'm a rocket scientist. As somebody who is not a rocket scientist. Maybe Doug can pull this off, I don't know, but I, for one, cannot. So let's say I want to, I want to impress somebody, and I'm walking in, I'm a rocket scientist. Yeah, that's me. Now there's a certain part where maybe I'm a little nervous, oh, what if I get busted? Well, my attempt to... Um, Impress somebody is certainly going to go down the tubes if that happens. So maybe there's a little bit of, of nerves. But I'm going to keep up the act. And then a legit rocket scientist comes in and joins the conversation. Somebody you know is going to bust you, call you out, show you for the, the fake that you are, and you know you're going to get busted. That kind of ramp up of what the nerves are like. Take that times a hundred thousand. And that's what the shepherds are starting to experience. As they, for whatever morality they may think they have, whatever goodness they think they have, they get brought into the presence of, of the Lord. And they're like, yep, I don't even stand a chance. Verse 9 says, they feared with a great fear. Another way of looking at it. And that when you see that, Doubling. You don't read it so much in, in a lot of the English translations, but when you have that doubling, it's like, oh, this is an egax moment for them. So we have these two polar opposites of characters. And the scene starts with a child that's born. Now the custom was, if a child is born, you had a herald. You had somebody who made the big announcement. If you had money... You hired Elijah to, to pull out the trumpet and do, 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 do. hear ye, hear ye, a child is born. This is kind of the low tech version of the, the birth announcement with um, you know gold leaf paper and um, all the stuff that people put into it, or the, the big announcement Facebook post or tweet. If you didn't have a whole lot of money, which is family's case in this setting. Maybe you just got the dad to go outside and shout, Hey, my kid is born! With all the, the gusto that they can have, and as far as their voice can take it. But God with skin on is born. And God heralds as you'd expect. And the angels, legit angels, start lining up to be the ones who get to make the announcement, who get to herald in this new baby. And right as it is to fear those who are, to fear the angel who is breaking through, breaking through the heavens to announce to, to earth, God's messengers, they get to work. In verse 10, to these people who are fearing with a great fear, terrified as some people put, some translations put it, 
The angel said to the shepherds, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. We hear that theme through a lot of these nativity episodes that are going on. The different characters get approached by an angel who rightly are terrified out of their minds. Because when an angel comes, you don't just go, hey, what's up, Gabe? That's usually when the, the lightning strike thing happens. And constantly, almost like a broken record, the, the angels have to say, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. To those whom God favors. And it's not, they don't just say it as a platitude, but they give a real reason to, yes, there's an angel in front of you. There's a messenger of the Lord in front of you, but they give a reason not to fear. For see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. The good news, another phrase for the gospel. And the glory, the glory of the Lord shining around them says, uh-oh, I'm in trouble. But the gospel says, the good news says, I'm working out a plan so that there won't be trouble. So that the trouble and the fear that you rightly fear, feel has its place and you're not facing the full-on wrath of that glory. It says, I am... I am bringing good news of great joy for all the people. Now, I don't know, honestly, again, the, the uh, shepherds who were, weren't even raising show sheep. You know, these aren't sheep that are going to go to the county fair. These are sheep that are going to get sacrificed at the, in the temple that they can't even go into. I honestly don't know if they are people of the Jewish faith or not. But I'm going to go back to Simeon's words of peace that he offers to um, when Mary and Joseph bring the baby Jesus to the temple to do what happened at the temple about a weekend of birth. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you, Lord, have prepared in the presence of all people, a light for revelation to the Gentiles, not the Jews, and for the glory of your people Israel, including the Jews, basically for all whom on whom God's favor rests. And from an entirely human perspective or point of view, watch what happens. As the story continues in verses 15 through 18. When the angel had left them, the shepherds, and gone back into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste, and they found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. These no-namers. People who couldn't even walk into the temple to officially worship are the first ones to start sharing the good news. Twelve hours before, I mean, these people were, were shepherd was kind of synonymous with thief. 
as far as the culture went. They're probably counting their, their loot from the last takedown. And now they're the first evangelists. I'm guessing maybe it being shepherds and guys who hang out with sheep of all creatures, maybe they're not the most articulate or eloquent in their words, but the message that they share, the good news carries such weight that all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. And Mary treasured these words that the shepherds told her and pondered them in her heart. And guess what? The message can still amaze today. And maybe there's the occasion that we get to share it, that we get to herald it ourselves. But, 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 yeah, 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 I know. There's a million reasons we're like, God, choose somebody else to be the herald of the good news. Choose somebody else to be the second evangelist. Choose somebody else. I have all these buts that I can give you, God, about why I shouldn't be the one to, to have this role or this calling. You know, I know you call 90-year-old ladies to give birth or ladies who have never who are virgins to give birth, or shepherds to be in this role of being the first evangelist. You have some pretty interesting ways of cast call, casting call. But I have all these reasons why I shouldn't be the one. I get it. What if they ask me something I don't know? I get it. I've asked that question before myself. Honestly, because of pride, I had to spend years learning three magic words when somebody asked me something I didn't know. Guess what they were? I don't know. I'll be straight with you. I When I was in seminary, I had, for whatever reason, our pastor decided to do a, a camp out for a summer in the book of Revelation. And she decided she was going to take the Sunday off that talks about um, the beast, the prostitute, and the fall of Babylon. Said, hey, Brian, you're on. And I had to stand before, yes, my home congregation, but still a congregation of people on a Sunday morning. And I remember saying, I am quaking in my boots up here, getting ready to tell you this, but I don't know how it plays out. And my pastor's there in the front row. She didn't even, she wasn't even gone. She was there. She just wasn't going to be up in front. And she's like, yes. He finally was willing to say it. Because you know what? When we say, when we're asked something that we don't know, and we are honest about it, we say, I don't know. It's a chance for us to learn. And to grow. And to continue the conversation. And, to go back to our previous example, to not try and play the rocket scientist when we know nothing about rocketry. But to be honest with whoever it is that's asking us a question. But take peace in this. 
<coughs> Intelligent answers don't save souls. Again, God employed people to be evangelists who worked with sheep for a living. Apologetics, the study of answers and you know, defense of the faith and how to answer all those things that, what if they ask me something I don't know? Its sole job is to knock down barriers to faith. To level the road, if you will. It, never, it is not what pushes somebody along the path to faith. That's God's job. God's job, God's message amazed Mary and Joseph and all of those who heard, even when it was delivered by dirty shepherds. Dirty, no good, filthy, rotten, stinking shepherds. It's the transforming work of the Holy Spirit that does that work. You want a real, uber practical way to be able to herald the good news to somebody? Ask. Here's six magic words. How can I pray for you? You guys probably have that phrase memorized. You guys are awesome at that very concept. But I don't believe in all that. I'm not into that Jesus business. I don't, I don't need Christianity and faith and all that kind of rigmarole. I'm not asking you to be into Jesus. I was praying and you came to my mind. How can I pray for you? I will wager... Even the most vehement anti-Christian person is not going to lose their mind over how can I pray for you. I think I've seen it once. At worst, you're going to get thanks, no. You know, it's like saying hello to somebody. Somebody's not going to say, hey, how's you, you know, hello, good morning. Even people having a grumpy day Good morning. So, real uber practical next steps for you. Again, some of you probably do all incredibly on your own, but just think about it from this concept. Ask that very question this week to somebody. And yeah, pray about it. Whatever it is that somebody might give. Maybe it's something, real cool idea, that they ask you to pray about something that lets you check back in. Maybe you know they have a, a doctor's appointment coming up or there's some event coming up that they ask you to pray about. Hey, you know, after you see when it happens, or hey, how'd it go? How was, you know, the this or that or the other thing? And maybe you get to start to see the Spirit do His work. Again, His job, not ours. So that the good news of great, so that the good news becomes great joy for somebody new. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you for giving us good news. For giving us great joy. For allowing us, as scary as it is, 
in this 21st century to be your heralds of that good news. To offer that great joy to somebody else. Help us to to play our part well and allow you to do your part. The miracle working part. All this we pray in your name. Amen.